You've just been pep-talked. How about that? <laughs> I love it when he said, what's your space game going to be? Nothing if you keep sitting there. I just, I'm so excited about this series. Hey, really quick, I want to talk to you about those changes that you would love to make in your life. Hopefully in your small group, you've talked about different areas that you want to start early in, things that you want to change in your life. It, you know, those, those areas, sometimes they can be so big. Maybe it's, I don't know, improving your health and fitness. You want to get in shape, but it's so complex and you've let yourself go. And, and where do you start? You got to lose like 20 pounds. Or maybe, maybe it's an area of a relationship that you need to end. You know, there are some relationships that you need to end, but it's so complex and it's interwoven. And your lives are so connected. Maybe it's a business partner or something like that. It's like, where do you start? How do you break this relationship? Maybe it's something like depression, and you know, you know you need to get past this depression because it's kicking your tail, but it's so complex, and it's, it's just like, there's so many layers of pain and confusion. It's like, where do you even start when it comes to overcoming depression? Or maybe it's an addiction of some sort, and it's been going on for years, and you've tried before and failed, and you're not even sure why you do it anymore, and it's just complex, and it's such, it seems so big and so large that sometimes we just, we just get overwhelmed, isn't that true? It could be something as simple as your garage. We've talked about that before. You know, the garage is so messy, and there's, there's piles in each corner, and it's so... Di- like, where do you even start? And because it seems overwhelming, we put it off. We procrastinate. Any procrastinators here today? Yeah, I think we all do it in some way, shape, or form. We put off things that we know we should be working on. And the re- I think one of the main reasons we do that is because oftentimes we look at the thing we want to change in our life. It just seems overwhelming. Like, it's so big and it's too messed up. It's too screwed up. I'll never raise enough money. I'll never be able to get that degree. And it's like, where do you start? And so what do we do? We put it off. Now, there are other reasons people procrastinate. Some of us are perfectionists, and we don't want to do anything unless it's perfect, so we put it off. Some of us are so impatient that we want everything right now. We want to lose 20 pounds in one week, and so we know we can't do that, so we put it off. There are other reasons people procrastinate, but I think that one of the biggest ones is just this feeling, this sense of being overwhelmed. I want to talk today about relieving that or, or, or trying to get rid of this sense of being overwhelmed. Because if we can remove this emotion of feeling of, over, of being overwhelmed, I believe we'd actually start taking action and making those changes that we need to make in our life. You know, something I love about the Bible, and it's, it's, it's the best book ever written because it's inspired by God, but on a practical level, when you open it up, you find out that God actually speaks into these issues in our life. He, he speaks directly to us about how to live the best life possible. There's, there's a whole book dedicated uh, to, to wisdom issues. It's the book of Proverbs. It's actually written by King Solomon. And do you know the main reason he wrote it? Of course, we benefit from it. But he wrote it because he wanted his sons to learn how to be men. Did you know that? And so when you open up Proverbs, this is a father-son conversation. Hey, son, watch out for this. Hey, son, you got to pay attention to this. Hey, son, do this. Hey, son, don't do that. Because if you do, it'll hurt you. If you do this, it'll lead you to life. Listen to what he says. Solomon says to his sons in Proverbs chapter 6. He says, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. (laughs) Learn from their ways and become wise. Look what he says. Though they have no prince or governor, no ruler to to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. You know what the answer to this feeling of being overwhelmed is? Is to look at the ants. Go to the ants and discover how they do their work. Have you ever watched ants do their work? It's fascinating. 
I mean, I, I used to stare at ants and just like sometimes when the, when the weather breaks, they come up in your driveway. They look through the cracks and, and there's like thousands of them, you know. And you just sit there and you watch them and they're just crawling. I know some of you don't like to watch that because it's kind of creepy, creepy crawly things freak you out so you don't watch them. You spray them, <laughs> you kill them. I mean, I kill them too, but because but, sometimes they end up in our house and that's not good. But, <laughs> but the idea is that, that, that they are active, that they are moving, that there's effort going forth. King Solomon says to his sons, and then he says to us through, through, through that whole over the ages, he says, hey, I want you to, to avoid being a lazy bones. That word simply means averse to activity, averse to, to movement, averse to effort. That means that a person who doesn't want to put forth any effort or work. He says to his sons, guys, here's what I want you to do. Go out and, go out and watch the ants and see how they work. And then you're going to learn the secret to overcoming this emotion of being overwhelmed, which leads to procrastination in our lives, which leads to us not making changes that we need to make in our life. A couple of years ago, my, my uh, middle son wanted uh, an ant farm. And so we ordered it and, and uh, it came to the house. And I don't know if you've ever had an ant farm in your house. When the ants show up, they're, they're asleep. And I thought they were dead. And, but they weren't. They were sleeping. They, they gassed them or froze them or something. I don't know what they did to them. And so for the first day, they just kind of laid there. I'm like, this is lame, dude. These things are dead. But, but as the day went on, they started to move. And I thought, oh, look, they're waking up. And it was like they had a hangover or something. They were real slow. They didn't act like ants. They were just slow moving. And then, and then something incredible happened. The next day, I went to bed. We went to sleep. The next day, and all of a sudden, we woke up. And there were all these tunnels and pathways that they had made, and they were moving, and it was fascinating. You know, it's incredible. Henry Cloud had the same experience. He's an author and a speaker, and he wrote a book called Nine Things You Simply Must Do, and he had the same experience in his home that I did, and, and he writes about it in his book. He actually has a whole chapter called Act Like an Ant. It's one of the nine things you simply must do. Listen to what he describes it in, in his book. He says, many tiny ants had taken many tiny steps, one ant at a time, one grain of sand at a time, one day at a time, and all of a sudden, a city was built. He, he credits this principle in his book to, to the, the main uh, truth that got him through his doctorate and his dissertation. He was able to write his dissertation because he went and studied the ant. One grain at a time, one piece of sand at a time, one day at a time, one tiny little ant at a time, and all of a sudden there was a dissertation. <laughs> there was a city built. What am I saying to you today? I'm telling you today that the secret to overcoming the emotion of being overwhelmed is to start small. Do me a favor. Look at somebody real quick and say, start small. See, I believe you got to love the small. In your notes there, you got to love the small. you got to love being an ant. you got to fall in love with tiny little things. If you want to make changes in your life, listen to me. If you want to make significant changes, if you want to build a city in your life, I don't know what your city is. I don't know if you're trying to overcome an addiction. I don't know if you're trying to write a book like I am. I don't know what, what your city is, but you have to love, you have to fall in love with small things. That's the secret of the ant. That's why Solomon says, hey, sons, go look at the ant, and you're going to learn some wisdom that's going to help you build a city, write a dissertation, fix your marriage, get your PhD, get that certification, learn that language, piece, one piece of grain of sand at a time, one day after time, and a city is built. Each week we've started these, this talk with a quote from Mark Twain, and you, you probably know it by heart. 
the secret to getting ahead is getting started. See, you've been paying attention, but I have purposely left off the rest of the quote for this very moment because I knew in week number four, we were going to do a talk called Start Small. You got to love the small. Listen to the rest of Mark Twain's quote, okay? Watch this. The secret to getting ahead is getting started. And then he says, the secret to getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks and starting on the first one. What is he saying? He's saying you have to go to the ant and you got to watch how they do their work. You have to fall in love with the small. See, the reason we get overwhelmed is because the thing we're trying to do is so big, we don't know where to start. And when we don't know where to start, we procrastinate. And when we procrastinate, we don't change. You follow me? This is practical wisdom. He says you got to break these things down, these big projects that you're trying to produce, these big changes you want to make in your life into manageable tasks and then start on the first one. I love what Zig Ziglar said. He said, mile by mile, it's a trial. Yard by yard, it's hard. But inch by inch, it's a what? It's a cinch. Henry Ford said something very similar. You know, he created his Model T car and basically changed how Americans live their lives in America with that one single invention. He took something that was a luxury item and he made it into something that a middle class American could afford. Listen to what Henry Ford said. He said, nothing is particularly hard if you divide it into what? Small jobs. What is he saying? He's saying, if you want to be successful in life, you have to love the small. Look at somebody real quick and say, love the small. Come on, help me out here real quick. you got to love the small, even if it's a stranger in the balcony. Come on. you got to love the small. You, you have to break these things down and fall in love with making small investments every day. Let me, let me push down. I'm getting excited about this. Let me push down a little bit harder and, and tell you what I'm really saying, okay? What I'm really saying is you have to execute small tasks every day. That's what I'm saying. Uh, in your notes, this is the way I wrote it. You have, to, you have to, starting small means perfecting the 24. Perfecting the 24. That's what I'm talking about. Executing small things every single day. See, yesterday's 24 is gone. Tomorrow's 24 is not certain. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you, you may not reach tomorrow's 24, okay? Yesterday's 24, the 24 you have, at least part of the 24 that you have when you're not sleeping, is, is right in front of you. That's what you have to perfect. That's what you have to execute the, little, the, the small things in. I love what Robert Collier said. He said, success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. That is what success means. That is how you make those changes. That is how you overcome that addiction. That is how you get that project done. That is how you have a successful marriage. That is how you raise successful children. The small efforts done day in and day out every single day. See, you and I need to approach our lives in 24-hour segments and perfect those 24 hours. Everybody wants to do something great with their life, but they don't want to put the work in today, right now, in this hour, and then in the next hour, and then in the next hour. And because we don't want to work in the moment, we don't want to grind it out in the moment, we don't see the changes happen in our lives. We have to approach our life, our whole 24, the one we're currently in, as an opportunity to make small investments into the dream that we have, whatever that dream is, whatever that city is that you're trying to build. Are you trying to build a city? Is there something in your life you'd like to, get, you'd like to change? Of course there is, right? Well, if you're not investing small little things into that dream every single day, it's not going to happen. I love what John Maxwell said. Years ago, I read this. I memorized it. He said, success is found in your daily agenda. 
It's just a real simple idea. That it, he said one time in a talk, he said, if I can open up your day timer, and I hope you keep a day timer, or at least a list of things that you need to do today. I hope you have some type of record for the day and you plan your day out. But he said, if, if I could open up your day timer, I could tell you whether or not you're going to be successful. What did he mean? What he meant was that if you, if you open up a successful person's day timer, he is going to see small investments made in each of the top key areas or each of the key areas of that person's life. Small investments every single day accumulate and accumulate to a pile of awesomeness. Why does this work? Why does small work? I mean, that's a, isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't that the question we need to ask ourselves? Like, why does, small, why does small chase away feelings of being overwhelmed and then chase away procrastination? I'm telling you, this is changing my life. I'm going to tell you how in just a second. This is revolutionizing my life, acting like an ant, loving the small. Look at somebody real quick and say, you got to love the small. you got to love the small. you got to love the small. See, you gotta, this, you got to embrace this stuff. Why does small work? Here's why small, small works. Ready? Because small is manageable. That's it. Small is manageable. I could do small. I can't do big. I can't do big. I could do small. You can't do big in one day. No, you can't. But you could do small today. That's why small works. These, these, these little things that we do, one thank you note a day, one page a day, couple of emails a day, couple of phone calls a day, couple of smiles a day, 10 minutes of working out, 20 minutes of working out a day. You can do small. I can do small. So what ends up happening is we, this feeling of being overwhelmed is chased away. It's like, well, if that's what it takes, I can do that. Well, yeah, that's what it takes day in and day out because success is the sum of small efforts repeated every single day. I'm so excited about this, you know, um, and mo mostly because it's changing my life. And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I've been studying this a little bit, just, just trying to get my, my brain wrapped around this idea to, to teach it to you, but to teach it to myself first. And somebody asked uh, Stephen King, how he writes so many books. He, he, his, his books have sold 350 million copies. That's, that's, that's staggering. He writes 2,000 words a day, Stephen King. He, he's written books that have become movies. Maybe you recognize uh, Shawshank Redemption or the movie Eight Mile or the movie It. <laughs> Don't watch that one. That one's scary. He writes some dark stuff and that, that are way over in this category that, I, that freaked me out. I wouldn't be able to sleep. But there's some other stuff that's really good. And, and he writes 2,000 words a day. Somebody asked him, says, how do you do that? This, is, was his, this was his response to that question. Watch this. Whether it's a vignette of a single page or an epic trilogy like The Lord of the Rings, the work is always accomplished one word at a time. He wasn't being sarcastic. He was just being realistic. You want to know how I write one novel every three months? Because that's what he does. Can anybody else do that? He'll pump out a novel every three months. He only works half a day. <laughs> Starts writing in the morning, he's done by 12. One novel every three months. One word at a time. So, you know, I was trying, you, you guys know that if you've been coming for a while, I've, I've been wanting to write a book for a couple of years. And I really do. I really feel like I, I, I have a passion to do that. I want to do that. And uh, last year, 2014, I set a goal. Remember that back in January last year? <laughs> I was like, I want to write a book this year. Um, and I, 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 I realized there was a, there's a guy in our church, his name is Don, and uh, Don Wetrick, and 
And I knew he had written one. It was at the publisher. It was getting edited. It was about ready to come out. And so I just called him one day. I said, hey, Don, I'm struggling. Let's, let's, can we grab lunch? I want to pick your brain, and you can share some ideas with me on how to get a book done. And so he was so kind enough to do that. And, you know, I'm sitting there taking notes. He's writing down, you know, telling me how, how to do it and all this stuff. But I remember one thing he said in particular. He said, Danny, you want to write a book, you're going to have to do about 500 words a day. And I just thought, okay, act like an ant. That's right. You're right. 500 words a day. You're going to get a book. That's how it works. And, and I just remember hearing that, and I thought to myself, after I left that lunch, I said, I don't want to do that. Who really wants to do that? I mean, it's like an hour, and you got to do research, and you got to do a bunch of work and prepare for that. And so, I just, I just didn't, I didn't do it. And so, I don't have a book. <laughs> it's like not deep stuff. But Don, Don, on the other hand, Don, Don's book got published. This is a copy of his book. He's, a, he's in education, and he's, he's kind of cutting edge in terms of turning the classroom into a, a place of innovation, and, uh, which, which is really cool. And his book has sold 800 copies. And, and Don actually writes, wrote 500 words a day, and that's how he was able to pump out this book. And, and, you know, by the way, if you're in education, I think you'd really like this book. Um, so I just, I just got to thinking, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. But, but, but he was teaching me the same principle. Success is, is basically a bunch of small investments repeatedly done day in and day out. And so in 2015, I, just, I, I knew I was going to do this series. I knew I was like, okay, this is the year. You're going to start early. We're going to start small. I'm going to start over. I'm going to start all this stuff and make these changes. So for the last Oh, gosh, let's say, for the last 13 days, I've written 500 words a day. I have 7,000 words written. Is that exciting? It's changing my life. Listen, it's changing my life. And, and, and it's, not, it's not something like deep or, oh, my gosh, that's so deep theologically. No, 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 no. It's acting like an ant. It's loving the small. And it's just getting there and creating that rhythm and writing. Now, it's probably going to be a terrible book. I don't even know if anyone's going to read it. Listen, listen, I don't care. I don't care if anybody publishes this. I'm, I am writing a book in 2015, okay? It may be, you know, not readable in <laughs> a different, but, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I am starting small every single day. And so, I, listen, I just want to pass that on to you and ask you this question. Here's the question. What, what is your city? I know what my city is. I know the thing that I want to build and, and what I would love to accomplish in 2015. What's the thing that you're going to try to accomplish? Are you finally going to kick that habit? Are you going to finally get that marriage back on the right path? Are you finally going to get in shape? What, are you going to learn a language? Are you going to go on a mission trip? Like what, are you going to finally walk close with God? Like are you finally going to get that worked out? It's not good. Listen, I don't care what it is. I don't care. It's important what it is to you. And, and it's important what it is to God. But whatever it is, it's not going to happen if you don't make small investments every single day. Are you hearing me? you got to love the small. The small things every single day is what makes the difference. It's not what you do once in a while. See, some of you go work out like once a week, and you think, you, you think you're making progress. It's not what you do once in a while. It's what you do every day that makes a difference in your health and fitness. Sometimes some of you order a salad and you're proud of yourself, you know. But it's not, it's not one salad every 10 days. It's, it's eating healthy every single day. You know, the 80-20 principle there, right? 
And so what's the city you're going to build? Here, here's a couple of examples. Let me give you an if you're, Let's say this year you finally want to start growing in your faith and get serious about your walk with God. Let me give you four or five small things you can do every day that are going to help that. Number one, read the one-year New Testament. It takes five minutes. Talk about small. Just get in there and read that. And then after you're done reading that little five-minute passage, spend about five or ten minutes praying through your day. Pray about that meeting you're about to go into. Pray about that problem at work. Pray about that issue with your son or daughter. And go before God and lay those requests. You, it's just small. Just do that. Read and then pray. And then do this. Pick one verse. One verse a month, it'll be 12 verses a year, and memorize one verse a month. You will see a huge difference in your thinking, in your mind, and you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be able to refocus your life at any moment through the day because you have that scriptures, you have that scripture in your mind. That's a small thing. Let me give you another one. Join a small group. We're about ready to do a big small groups push here to get into a four-week starter group. It's a small thing. You say, oh, it's a big thing. No, it's a small thing. You will grow in your faith much faster if you're joining a small group. You'll grow together with other people. Just some small things. Let me give you another example. Let's say you want to you get closer uh, to your spouse this year. You want to fix that marriage or you want to see that healed. Listen, do some small things. How about just an encouraging note or an encouraging text message just through the day? Hey, just thinking about you. I love you. You know, send. What about, what about a one date every week? Just, just a one hour, just you and him, you and her. Just make a small investment in your relationship. What if you, what if you call the counselor and you say, hey, let's go see a counselor. Let's just take an hour or two a week or every other week and just go, go see somebody and we'll talk about our issues and see if we can resolve some of this stuff. Small, small, small. Serve that person. Do these small things and you're going to see results. You can't fix it in one day, but if you do it every single day, you're going to see results in your life. What's the city you're trying to build? What's the change you want to see in your life? You know, if you continue to do what you've always done, you're going to continue to get what you've always got. Isn't that true? Mike Murdoch made a statement, and this, kind of, this is on my wall in my office. Like, I have a whiteboard in my office, and I wrote, I wrote this quote so I can see it every day right in front of my face. He said this, You'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. It's just right there. Because I want to get better and grow as a husband, as a man of God, as a pastor, as a, as a father. It, that's not going to happen if I keep doing the same things. If you keep doing the same things, I have to change something I do every day. I have to write those 500 words every day, which I haven't written them today, so I'm, i got to go home and, and do it tonight, darn it. <laughs> Why does small work? Small works because it's manageable. It, it, it wipes out that sense of being overwhelmed and, and at the same time wipes out the procrastination in your life. You can do small. Do you believe this? This is a principle. Hey, this is a principle you can take with you today and you can apply today and you can get busy tonight. Bunch of you little ants just run out of here and just act like an ant when you get home. Just some of you are going to clean your whole house, you know, you just, just blah, 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 blah. Oh, listen, some, some of you are going to write something tonight. Some of you are going to call someone tonight. Some of you are going to write a note tonight and then do it again tomorrow. And this is how we change our lives. We go to the end. We love the small. You with me? Let me lay a 21-day challenge in front of you. I'm currently in one right now. It's day 13. I want to give you a 21-day challenge. And here, here, here's the idea behind this. The 21-day challenge is, is very simple. It's something that will help you do small things for the next 21 days. 
And you got to push yourself here. In fact, this year I'm going to do 12 21-day challenges. I'm going to do one every single month in a different area because I want to become a different person. I want to improve in my life. So I'm putting myself. Nobody else is doing it. See, the ant doesn't have a boss. The ant doesn't have a, someone telling them, hey, you need to do this and do this. No, 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 no. The ant is self-motivated. So, so I'm putting it on myself to say, I'm going to do 12 21-day challenges so that I can improve in each area of my life. Will you join me? Me, you don't, you don't have to do 12. Just do one. Just do one. Let's, let's start. In fact, I'll start my 13-day challenge over. I'll, I'll, I'm at 13 days and I'll start my 21-day challenge over. I'm going to start tomorrow a new, a brand new 21-day challenge, 500 words a day. I'm also doing one with my physical fitness, 21 days straight of going to the gym and working out, getting that rhythm inside, inside of me. And guess what? I feel better. I have more energy. And my wife thinks I look better. So that's important, right? So, so it's exciting. It's exciting. She's kissing me more and everything. Anyway, okay, back. my mind keeps going back to that. Um, so, so will you join me? Sorry, honey, embarrass you. Um, will, will you join me? Will, will, will you say, okay, I'm going to do a 21-day challenge. I'm going to do the small things in my life every single day and see what happens. I promise you, you're going to see results. And, and make sure that when you do the 21-day challenge, it's in an area... It's, it's, it's in a specific area that you would like to see a city built. It's in the area of your education, or if it's in the area of your health or fitness, or a relationship, or maybe it's an internal problem, uh, 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 an issue that you have inside. And Remember we talked about week one, dealing with ourselves. Maybe you're grieving the loss of a loved one, and you need to move forward on that. I don't know what it is, but make that 21-day challenge specific to the area that you're trying to build the city in. Does that make sense? That's my challenge to you. Now, to close this service out, I want to talk to you real quick. And there's some of you here today that, you know, you've heard this and maybe it's been, been good for you and you're like, yeah, that's good. I'm going to need to do that. There's some of you here today that need to start a relationship with God. And, and, and we're crazy about that here at the church because we believe that's the purpose of life. That the reason you're here is to be in relationship with God. Yes, to live a good life, and we just talked about that a little bit, to make changes in our lives, but to be in relationship with God, knowing him and him knowing you. And, and, and right before the service, there was a, there's a, a few guys out front in the, in the foyer, and they asked me to tell the story uh, of Adam and Eve and what that's all about and, and why it is that we need a Savior. And I just, so really quick, I told the story. And the, and the, the idea is this, that Adam and Eve chose to sin. They chose to disobey God. And their disobedience caused them to, their relationship with the God to be broken. And, and, and that's not what God wanted. That's not what he intended. He wants to be in a relationship with you. And so what he did many, many years later is he sent Jesus Christ into this world to die on a cross to pay the penalty of sin. Because that was the penalty. It was death. Death on a cross. And so that's what Jesus Christ did for every single one of us, for you and for me. He spread his arms and he... And he allowed himself to be nailed to a cross and he took the penalty for our sins that we might be put back into a relationship with God. You say, how do you start a relationship with God then? Is, it just, is knowing that enough? No, it's not just about knowing that. Knowledge doesn't save anybody. A lot of people say some people are 18 inches away from heaven because they know have the knowledge but it hasn't entered their heart yet. It's about 18 inches. It's not just about knowing what Christ did for you. It's about putting your faith in Christ. Asking him to personally forgive your sins. You say, how do you do that? Well, you, you pray. See, you can express your faith to God through prayer. That's what, that's what prayer is. It's talking to God. It's believing that he's listening. And so you'd say something like this to God right now. Say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've broken your laws. 
I know that you died on the cross for my sins. Not right now, I'm asking you to be my Savior and to cleanse me from my sin. Will you come into my life and make me your child? You'd say something like that to him. So if you feel led to do that right now, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. This is just between you and God. Pretend like you're the only one in the room. Because in some crazy way, God's able to do that. He's able to deal just with you in this very moment. And say this to him. Dear Jesus, I ask you to cleanse me from my sin. I believe that you're the Savior. I'm turning from my sin towards you in faith. I'm trusting you. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. And three days later you rose again. That I might be forgiven. And have a relationship with you. And help me from this day forward. To follow you. With your strength. With your support. With your grace. To live a life that honors you. And makes you proud. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed to receive Christ, and that is what you did, you received Christ. You don't get to heaven by going to church. You don't get to heaven by being a good person. The way that you make it to heaven is by having your sins forgiven. And that's what happened just now if you put your faith in Christ. And so what we want to do is put a Bible in your hands. This is the one-year New Testament. It's broken down into five small. Catch that? Bringing it back, five small little readings so that it's manageable for you. I read these same passages every single day. And the reason we want to put one of these in your hands if you prayed to receive Christ today is because we believe you began a relationship with God. You talk to him through prayer, and he talks to you primarily through his word. Now, he does it other ways too, through people like me and friends and situations and circumstances, sometimes creation. But his primary way of speaking to you is through this word. That's why we absolutely focus on it every single week. We say, hey, get in the word for yourself. I'm glad you come to the services. I'm glad you hear me preach from the scriptures. But I want you to hear from God yourself. So if you prayed to receive Christ today, there's tables in the back to my right and to my left. If you're at Banta, to the right and to the left. And just go back there, and there's some people back there, and say, hey, I prayed to receive Christ today. Can I have one of those Bibles? And they'll put this in your hands as a gift for free. Can we give God a hand for what he's done today? Can we give him praise? It's the small that makes a difference, right? It's what you do every day that makes a difference. Small is manageable. Small chases away the feelings of being overwhelmed and therefore chases away procrastination. Wouldn't you love to chase away procrastination? Wouldn't you love to make the changes in your life that you want to make, that you know you need to make, that God wants you to make? I'm telling you, love the small and you're going to see those changes happen in 2015. Let's pray. God, what a privilege. What an honor to look into the wisdom of Proverbs, to look into uh, Solomon's words, the words you gave him to speak in Proverbs chapter 6. Help us to love the small. Help us to act like the ant. Help us to make the small investments every single day in the key areas of our life. Heavenly Father, we know that this is from you. This principle works. It's divine. You've given it to us. Help us to leverage it, God, so that we can become the men and women you've created us to be. Thank you for those who put their faith in your son today. Give them the courage to go and grab a Bible. And not just grab it, but also begin reading it every single day. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 
Hey, next week we're going to be talking about how to finish. Many of you have started things and you didn't finish them. Okay, you with me? Anybody? Uh Uh-oh. And so next week we're going to talk about how to finish. You're not going to want to miss it. Bring a friend.